The Examine Life podcast, discussing society, culture, philosophy to entertain ourselves and perhaps others. So, the Examine Life podcast, Alan and Steve. So, big question for today is are we all teachers? Are we all teachers? And do we have a responsibility to teach others? How do we go about day to day, the quotidian uh, effort of learning and teaching people? What's quotidian? Quotidian means every day. Okay, thank you. Just the day to day, the day, day in the life of, I heard the news today, oh boy, the Beatles. Right. Quotidian. I, I, what about if I say this, right? Because I feel like I like teaching people. You know I, when my, I was, my quotidian coffee. When I was young, I remember, I, I think I was, a, I was in about fifth grade or fourth grade. And I remember trying to like, I, I had all these brilliant ideas and about life. And I remember like trying to explain my ideas to this, this guy that was a year older than me. And I remember like feeling that everything that I explained just bounced off that person. And it was kind of like pointless. And I felt so angry and frustrated that I couldn't like share mm. this wisdom that I had on them. Mm. And then I mm. kind of, I don't know, uh, later on, I kind of forgot about it. But as I've gotten older, it seemed to have co- come back is that I feel frustrated that I can't really teach a lot of adults anything. They're not really open to, to knowledge or wisdom mm. unless they're mm. looking for it. How do you feel mm. about that? Yeah, that's kind of why I want to talk about it because that's what kind of pisses me off. Nobody wants to learn anything. I want to learn everything and nobody else wants to sort of learn anything. And it's sort of like we live in such a, a wonderful world. Like to, to, the way I look at the world is like we're in Disneyland. Every, everything's like a fucking pl- pleasure cruise, uh, a roller coaster ride to heaven. And uh, everyone just takes it for granted. They get depressed. They have breakdowns. They have bad days. They don't want to sit back and reflect and go, what a wonderful world we live in. Why wouldn't you want to sort of understand a little bit of yeah, why and, when, and how we got here? And when you say we're in Disneyland, you're talking about a developed, rich, wealthy country like Australia. Is that correct? Yes. Everything around me is 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 tailored specifically to make my life easier and more fun and enjoy, enjoyable. Yeah. And, and streamlined and clean and, and accessible. Like it's, it makes, it's really disheartening when you, when I don't want to be negative, but I, I feel that it's really disheartening when you look at people and you think, fuck, that person's got so much potential to grow and they, and they're not interested in, in getting out of that bubble or learning anything, uh, especially in a, in a country like Australia, where you can click a button and get access to university. It's super mm. easy. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you think that it's, do you think it has to be like a passion? Um, why do you think some people just don't really want to learn? Just don't want to learn. They just, it's not, I don't There's know. No interest. Just, that, 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 makes me, that makes me want to go back to the nature nurture argument. You know, are we taught to do things or are we born to do things mm. naturally yep. inclined to do it? Do we naturally have an affinity to, to seek some things out? Do we feel like, okay, for me, Probably, I'd probably say it's been like this long journey from being a child where I thought, you know, it was an ego booster thing. If I knew more than other people, that was kind of, that would feed my ego, you know, make, make, make me feel different, a bit more special than other people, maybe. Yeah, got it. Um, but do you think so? Some, some people seem to fall in love with kind of growing and learning and reading and maybe that's a part of that. It's their environment and then other people don't you know, that they never really get hooked on learning or never see the value in it. You know, it's just, 
it's i don't know mm. it's it's i th- it is i think that learning is it, it comes from the family initially like it comes from the example around the house you know if your parents value it and you sort of they they are in a way parents are teachers right they, they're constantly teaching their kids i think yeah. that we're all teachers right parents are teachers mm. and it gets to the point where you know i think kids are also like naturally curious like we're all we're all curious as kids i'm sure that you know you you had a thousand questions yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know look up at the stars but i think it gets to the yeah. point where kids the kids either have that love you know nurtured and the curiosity nurtured and they they think and they want to grow and they develop their passions and their interests or they don't and they just they really mm. um they just focus on either it's entertainment they get distracted or they they focus on uh, pleasure you know pleasure and pain and, and they focus on the hedonistic parts of ourselves doing things for for enjoyment i go i still i think i still go back to um just the ego i think it's, it's a sense of identity for you or for the for the, the individual for me it generally is so i'm sort of extrapolating that to, 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 to other people but then as i say that i kind of think at the same time you know I, I know people that actively you know want to learn things just so that they can understand the world better so they can have an easier life so that things come more naturally to them so i guess you know it's obviously there's always several several different directions you can travel you know yeah and that's true. Like, I think some of us have like a, a curiosity to understand math and science and understand how the world works. I, I personally mm. have a curiosity and passion to understand how people work, the psychology, the sociology, mm. the anthropology. I find that so interesting to understand human behavior and understand like the complexities of why we operate within this, within this madness, you know, within society, within this madness, within you know, like the irrationality of human beings. Mm. And it's, it's, it's so uh, in, in fascinating. The one politicon. Yeah. Political animal. Absolutely. Where it's, we are multi-layered creatures. It's biological, mm. it's behavioral, psychological. Talking about learning from people. So I try, I try to learn from everyone. Basic conversation with someone. If something comes to mind, I'll try and, you know, pass on some, some wise words of wisdom, try and sound cocky. It's, uh, you know, a bit full of myself. Hopefully, they can throw something back my way. Um, generally, I find people aren't on my level, you know, academically. So I end up not saying much and just let them talk. And people have, most people have a whole bunch of nothing to say. So there's plenty of sitting around listening to people talk about nothing. He had a lot to say. He had a lot yeah. of nothing to say. Mm. People can sit there for hours talking about nothing. Well, I guess maybe the, the the big question would be is like, well, how does learning about the world add value to the individual's experience? On what you're talking about, how you're talking about it, and why you're talking about it. So, of course, learning things, knowledge is power. Yeah, that's... to begin with that. Knowledge 100%. is power. There's several ways of gaining that knowledge, that information. You can, you can uh, learn it from yourself. You can learn it from other people. Oh, you can read it from, from a book or yeah, man. Learning is power, especially in the business world. Like it, it's, it's funny that humans are, are evolved now. It's not about how big you are, how strong you are, but it's, it's the mate, the mating mind theory, right? It's if you're in a business meeting, it's, it's not even the person with the higher rank. It's the person with the best ideas wins, you know, mm. the, the ideas mm. wins. It's not even the individual and you can be a, a small scrawny little dude, but if you've got, good ideas 
uh, and you're able to express those, that's how you gain credibility and respect in that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of power. In, yeah. There's a lot of power in the, definitely in the, in the business world with, with, with knowledge, uh, knowledge, experience and wisdom. Definitely. It's, that's huge. Um, this lecture lecture series I was listening to the other day, he said, I forgot the, the, the term that he used, but he said something about the Google mind and that how we've all got the Google mind these days where, you know, no one really needs to know anything because everything is, you know, in your phone. If you need to know something, you just can Google it straight away. You don't need to know it. It's, it's that easy. So it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know where he was going with that, but that kind of tags along with what I'm trying to say here is like, you're learning something, but you're not really learning it. You're only, it's just trivial. Well, yeah. Like that's a huge thing, man. And and that I've experienced that a lot at, at schools, at certain schools, it, what it, what it does is diminishes the value of, of, of um, long-term depth of knowledge and um, like deep oh, understanding of information and knowledge. Like mm-hmm. I've worked at schools where they've basically wanted the administrations wanted to get rid of uh, certain types of testing because they say that the knowledge isn't really that important. It can be found online and uh, it's, it's more important. The skills and the life, the life skills and the personality and mm. emotional intelligence are more important. Um, mm. But I would argue that's bullshit, man, because there's sometimes you just need to know things, right? There is sometimes mm. in life, you know, you can't, yes, you can get access to what happened in world war two or talk about politics, or you can, you know, it's on your phone. Um, but if you, in the moment you haven't got any depth of knowledge and you haven't got any real content knowledge. Number one, you don't really have much to offer. You know, what are you going to do? Grab your phone and read it out on the spot. And secondly, you've got no room for, for analysis and synthesis. So, you know, every essay that you've ever written is a process of synthesis. So how can you compare different ideas if you haven't got a good foundational knowledge of what something is? So, Adolf Huxley, his main argument is mm. that there was going to be so much information that people are going to become uh, apathetic to to the overstimulation, and we're just going to be looking for grat- gratification through through technology and through drugs instead of um, that, and that we're going to be so flooded with with garbage that we would just um, basically become mindless zombies and be apathetic to anything that really kind of matters. Mm. yeah i think he's just having a bit of a whinge <laughs> but you think about it that's exactly where we are now man everyone's scrolling good, on facebook topic. yeah but they're right. for information what information are they getting well that's what he's saying he's saying that there's so just much information entertain- out they're there just, they're, just get, they're just getting entertainment they're not really learning anything well that's what he's saying is that there's no one people aren't they don't value information people don't learn mm. they get on the, they get online to be gratified you know gratified that, that, hasn't, that hasn't changed hasn't changed in time people haven't changed well no people haven't changed it's, it's just the the technology has changed right so there's, mm. there's more mm. you know now we have these platforms and that people are still people but um now it's everyone has access to so much information that it's all kind of meaningless like the problem now is people think that they know more when they don't and they assume that they, they understand everything and they, they're not willing to sort of 
say that they don't know. So the example is when it comes to the COVID thing, you know, because you can Google something in two seconds and find out an answer. Uh, you think you understand the the entire history of, you know, epidemiology. That's right. Pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous. Well, it's false sense of security or an illusion of mm. people just because they have access to bits of information doesn't mean they have the mm. whole picture, but it goes back to something I wanted to say before. There's two kinds of information. There's the information in itself, but there's also the ability to find the information and know how to use it and how to find it, how to use it. So, you know, maybe I don't understand all, all, the, all the history behind a particular historical event, but I probably would be better at um, deciphering it than, than say you, because that's my field mm-hmm. and vice versa when it comes to like literature. So it'd be you know yeah you got a lot more to draw off background you got a lot more to draw Mm. off and that's what i'm saying you got a lot more to analyze and compare you're working out the bloom's taxonomy of you know it's it's you've got more information to contrast compare to analyze and you've got more depth and awareness and then you're able to make better judgments it's it's really that simple yeah it's really that simple and um Mm. You know, people, it's we are living in an age of distraction and i think that's a huge Mm. part of it where you know why are people not interested in learning is because they're fucking distracted man people are i, I live in colombia man and every day i walk around and there's just whether it's the person that's picking up garbage or the person at the checkout or mm-hmm. it's the people that clean the schools or the teachers it, it, all the way from the top Anyone. to the bottom they're all on their fucking Any bag of me. they're on their phones yeah yep they're it's all swiping. on their phones and it's just like oh. it's i do it too but all like swiping. I do it too, but like I do it, I try to kind of, I'm aware of what I do. Like I'll get onto Instagram and I'll look at, um, like when I was waiting for you, I was looking at some, some political stuff. I've got some history stuff mm. there. There's some digital trend stuff. There was some stuff about electric mm. cars. I was just watching. Um, I try to do stuff that's going to add value. It's just not meaningless, like fucking mm. banal entertainment. Um, mm. But you know, I just, as we said before, I just do not get this whole Facebook swipe thing. It just blows my mind. It, it, as, soon as, as soon as I started realizing that they were making fake, oh, what was it? It was like fake videos. They're making fake oh, real life. Like deep fake videos. With no, a- no, it's like a bum saves a child from rolling under the railway tracks. Oh, just, just pure but, fake, fake videos. But- but they're done in such a, in such, a, such a bad way. And as soon as I started realizing people were doing that and people were enjoying that and they were using it as entertainment, it's, it's like, oh my God. We, yeah. We passed the, the threshold. It's, I didn't oh, expect that, that, that to it, happen. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no rational right, no way back. Yeah. And there's, that's true as well. Where like people have realized they can make a lot of money with, with fake videos and fake information and people realize that they can influence the the masses very easily with, with social media, man. Like Facebook's been responsible now for, you know, mass murders and killings and genocides, um, you know, also revolution. Not responsible. Yeah, directly responsible. Being a catalyst or being... Well, the they've allowed... They've, the argument is mm. they've, they've allowed fake news to propagate mm, okay. and and to perpetuate mm. and then that's caused um it's been a direct cause of that is is violence and and bloodshed mm. right so yeah. 
that's how they, and they, they, it's incredible, man. Facebook and Instagram, all these, you know, social platforms, they, they basically run with complete immunity, uh, impunity because, mm. you know, they, they're, there is no government, you know, like there is no, there is no govern, In international governing sovereign. Yeah. There is no governing body that governs them. And mm. I find that so interesting just in itself. Yeah. So you, to answer your question, like, I think why do people, you know, like I love teaching, man. It's what I do. It's, it's very, very rewarding to be a teacher. And it's, it's really beautiful to work with kids and, and see kids have those light bulb moments. That's, that's what drives me. You know, when kids say, oh, you know, Mr. Mm-hmm. I had a great lesson or I really enjoyed that or that was, that was great, you know. And I say, I say to them okay. sometimes, that's why I quit my corporate job to be a teacher. That's, that's why I quit my corp- corporate drive right now, you know, for that moment, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you can work with kids. Here. You can work with kids and they're malleable, man. But adults, mm-hmm. a lot of adults, nice. they're, not, they're not malleable, you know, and, I would mm. like to think that I'd like to think that I'm still malleable, you know, and still be able to influence. And but I hope, hope I will be forever. Uh, yeah. That's kind of I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but it's that's right. It was um that Mick Mac Mick Mick kid again. It's not like, you know, I used to come to work and I used to learn. I used to be able to learn from you, but I don't have to I can't learn anything from you anymore. I'm like, we learn everything from everyone every day, you moron. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> cutting yourself off what are you doing? and i'm probably you know one of the worst cases you could say that too well how old is this kid you know 2023 yeah maybe we should preface that if there's anyone listening now and alan told this story before but you know one of your apprentices basically said that you know he, he demanded that he should learn you know your whole trade in, in a matter of two weeks and and basically just as much money and, and said to you that what, that he's, there's nothing more to learn from you, you know, and just, just pay me more basically. Is that what A couple happened? of years ago when he first started, he kind of, he's, he's just kind of um, uh, hippie, dippy, fucking, what do you call it? Vagabond. Fucking one, Bohemian. He he's like David, David Carradine wandering the world, you know, learning, learning from the university of life. And yeah, I think uh, my veganism and my, my, my spin on things used to sort of inspire him a little bit. And uh, I think, as I said, he's, he's got this sophistry kind of thing that he uses. I think he was using it to sort of arc me up or something. Maybe put me on the back foot kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. You know, but how old is this kid? You said, you say 23. Yeah. The thing with the, the man, this kid is like, he's 17 years younger than us, man. Like these kids mm. if you, man anyone in their 20s to me is still a kid you know it, it's mm. and that's fine to be a kid and to learn but they've kind of grown up in this they've grown up in a world where where they've always had the internet where they've always had this kind of indulgence and where they're to be frank i would say they're fucking entitled man they, they a lot of them are really entitled they think that they mm. they deserve things without earning them they don't know what it's mm. like to grind they don't know what it's like to to suffer a bit. Um, they don't know what it's like to, to really respect the hierarchy. They, they want things fast. And to be mm. honest, it's, it's not their fault. It's, you know, it's, it's this hedonistic um, gratification again of I want consume and I have the right to buy. But frankly, you know, there's some things that you can't fucking 
speed up. Like you can't always, for example, you know, the learning process is not something you can just learn everything or in one day or a month, a year, you know, like it's, it's, it's a life, if it's a, it's a lifelong pursuit going to the gym and getting fit, you can't, you know, going to the gym or being good at sport or uh, getting healthy takes time. To, it's a constant investment. It's a, you, you just can't wake up one day and go, I'm going to do this in a week. I don't think they really understand what that, what that means. A different metaphor, but um, with, with the, the learning thing, it's like if you're learning the language or learning history, you know, if you want to learn it, literally you have to learn it for the rest of your life because there's just that much information out there that you will, you can't learn at all. There's, there's no way you can learn all of anything. It's just impossible. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a lifelong pursuit. And I don't know if they don't understand what it is to, to do the grind, you know, and in their defense, like they shit all over capitalism and loyalty and all that, that kind of means nothing to them. And, you know, it's, they have this, um, this they they have this superiority about them and and you know they're just entitlement and, but like in a lot in a lot of ways i can understand in some ways they are i guess it works to their advantage because they're not going to sell their soul to a company they're not going to work somewhere they don't really want to work they're not going to get into lots of debt because they've told to do that you know like i've spoken to a lot of teachers about the new generations of teachers and and Older teachers will say um, generation know-it-all, they call them, right? Where they just know everything and they're, they're not open to listening to anything. And that's pretty funny hearing that from older teachers about younger teachers. But, you know, it's they know how to look after themselves. And I think that's smart because it's something that our generation doesn't. You know, like I've worked in Te- jobs. Technologically? No, like as in their integrity as, as a person, like wow. in the workforce. So... Mm. I don't know if you know anyone that's yeah, around okay. age, like that just mm. works their ass off and they don't mm. like doing it, but they still do it because they feel the responsibility and they just do it mm. again and again and again. Right. A young mm. person that's 23 years old is, I don't think he's going to do that. Mm. What do you think? Some do. Most don't. Zach was an interesting example. He was doing it for the drink yeah i don't know i don't know i reckon a lot I'm an, of young... i'm an interest i'm yeah you're right yeah good i'm an interesting example of it you know i grew up being quite lazy and uh, not terribly dedicated to to work and never wanted money or property or family or anything like that and uh was never responsible but it wasn't until someone gave me the option to get a, you know, a trade where I can make a decent amount of money where, you know, I kind of committed and just haven't looked back since, you know, haven't just had a single sick day. As I said, we're still paying for my midnight session last night, you know, work my ass off. So. What, but like, what was the spark? Like when you were, you know, you, you went, you said you went from being lazy and unmotivated and, and maybe you didn't have these these goals to achieve in capitalism but what was the spark that created um that drive within you that made you change who you were and and and, and look to be so-called successful or, or try to maybe achieve or or uh conquer certain things that you, you hadn't thought of previously independence 
independence and the ability to make money, you know, on my own, I guess. So you always strove to be independent. That was, that was a driving force. Well, maybe that's the first thing. Psychobabble that comes out. First thing that comes out. First thing that makes sense is, um, the fact that, um, there's an interesting, interesting dynamic in, in, in my industry, you know, it's kind of like, you're almost like a cowboy, you know, going from town to town, you know, get, get, get work wherever you want, kind of, you just walk up to the, the selling and go, is there any work in the town kind of thing? And you can find some work kind of thing like that. So there's a bit of liberty involved. It's not like, yeah, it's got its pros and its cons, but definitely it's a very, very free, free open system. So you're talking about being a contractor in your particular work. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And, so and that, that can be like liberating. Mm, mm. It makes sense. Mm. Yeah. That makes your own man. That makes sense. And I, I guess, like you said, it's, you know, when we're young humans have got this, we, we've got this drive at its adolescence when we're adolescents, adolescents to definitely go and forge our own identity forge your own independence and form our own integrity mm. and, and definitely break away from the family unit. That's an, definitely a strong innate drive. Mm. Um, but if, if you're not given a vehicle to, and a, and a way of trying mm. to, you know, being financially uh, independent or financially, you know, successful, it, it's mm. then, um, I imagine a lot of people would give up before they start, so yeah, to speak. You know, long sort of you helped me in my, on my path, getting my license and Maddie helped me and this and that and a whole bunch of things kind of came to, came to place at the right time to sort of all kind of work out. So it wasn't like it happened overnight. So there you go. Um, but then there's other people, you know, I, I look at Kurt and, you know, Kurt is a, qualified electrician i trained him up to do my to, to do my work i've seen him do really complex uh, plumbing plumbing work and he's sitting at home in his parents house now not working at all just being a bum so i don't know how the, how the world works man it's really really strange strange place well it's i guess it's human nature right where we're none we're all different and we all kind of operating in different lenses and emotions and and um mm. perspectives and ideologies so you know like mm. it's even wrong yeah, sometimes mm. Mm. i feel like you know oh like maybe yesterday or the day before you know i feel like i could just walk off i could just walk off on this job and not come back you know do the do the cat thing not come back for six months and you know there'll be there'll be there'll be work there'll be work as soon as i go knocking on the door again but i just don't i just don't get it it's I don't, I don't like structure. I like, I like my freedom, but there's still this sense of structure that I like. I like a sense, a little bit something. I would argue that you're the sort of person that has, has taken on a huge amount of responsibility and maybe within the illusion of freedom that we all have, you know, like it might seem like you've got a lot of freedom, but you know, you've taken on, a huge amount of responsibility and structure and, and have been extremely uh, resilient and dedicated to that profession over the last, what, 15 years, you know, like, I don't think, 
I can, I think a lot of, and it's, it's, it is generally wrong to generalize, you know, a people, a race, it's generally wrong to, you know, generalize an age, a demographic, so any group. However, with that said, I think a lot of young people would, that tried to lay carpet would, would do that. Wouldn't be able to last a week, you know, a day in a lot of those jobs. Mm. And, and they would just say, mm. well, this is just too hard and mm. it's too painful. I'm not willing to, to to invest the energy and time and and i think they would just quit i tell you about that guy maureen's friend from a couple of weeks ago her maureen's friend's husband he's just like us you know just a guy from st mary's and he wanted work he said he'd be my my best worker as soon as as soon as i heard him say that i'm like alarm bells you know fucking someone's telling me you're gonna be the best i realize there's gonna be trouble and um then it turned out that the job that we had to go to was in DY and he couldn't handle the drive to DY. He said, that's too far. I can't handle driving that far. So it become this big problem. So I booked on this big job and he ended up saying he couldn't, couldn't make it. I said to him, I said, mate, fucking I'll pay, I'll pay you five hours. I'll pay you five hours to come out for, to come out, to give me one hour worth of physical labor. And, you know, you, you're pretty much making, fucking what two hundred dollars for an hour's worth of work it's fucking it was too hard for him he said no he didn't do it he he didn't come he didn't do it but was the was the excuse that it was too far was that was that an excuse that was too far away or do you think that he 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 really had some kind of aversion to driving like an hour and a half um it was the the story was he had he has two kids and he has to organize them through daycare but so the original original job was in castle hill so say it might have been a 40 minute drive to, from his house to castle hill dy might have been an extra 45 minute drive, oh, extra half an hour drive you know like an hour and a half all up so you could have you could have driven for three hours worked for an hour and you would have been back still earlier than than it would have taken it's yeah. just some weird psychological disorder you know there's there's no sense there could be i just don't think that people people are not resilient man they're not really willing to work and i could be wrong but that's ultimately what i think and i think i think the young generation would do do some good in the sense of grinding things out a little bit and not always looking for the gratification but as i said man i think sometimes they do benefit because they realize that it is all a game it is all an illusion and they just go, well, you know, I could lay carpet and make 50 bucks an hour or I could do some coding or I could do a bit of this bullshit job and I could make some money or I can do this university course and be this mm. for a while. And they're not, they're much more fluid, man. And I, mm. I think, I think the modern mind, oh, yeah, yeah wow. I think, I think the modern mind benefits from that, you know, just, mm. we, we are not who we are. Our, our work does not define us. Mm. Uh, you, you do have the capacity to change. We should be fluid. Mm-hmm. We should be able to evolve mm-hmm. and grow. And, you know, the minute that we stop really finding purpose in what we do, we should be able to change. And that's, that's the mentality. Everybody, every week. Well, I think they, I think they would seriously have, they said in our generation, we have two or three careers in one lifetime. And I see that that's, that's very possible yeah. in our generation. Right. But I think in their mm-hmm. generation, there'd be more than that. Mm. Oh, easy, easy. I could definitely change my career I, I, in like five years. I, w- I would definitely think about becoming a business owner or selling real estate or something. You know, like I oh, even so, 
even so i spoke to a guy a couple of weeks ago and he told me several several people in his family uh pretty much did a did a, did a backflip you know uh left their current job and applied for a job which had nothing in 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 relation had no um what do you call it fold fold over roll over kind of contributions you know any you knew five people that all changed career pretty easily pretty quickly and succeeded pretty well too so yeah well what's the secret to changing your career i guess just just put yourself put yourself out there you know yeah if you don't 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 attempt it you're not going to find out are you well, yeah, it's it, that's it's, it's like it's pretty scary getting out of your comfort zone and out of your bubble of what you know. Mm. That's definitely difficult. I, I think that's challenging. Well, I'll always go back to what's scary for me is is, is um I've can I'm just convincing myself that this looks better when it's not really. I don't trust my mind. I don't trust um what I'm telling myself. You know, oh, that looks so much fun. I would love to be a greenskeeper in Parramatta Park, but you know you don't really see the all the stuff that goes down on on the on the side, you know, behind the scenes. That's that's really true. I, I agree with that. You know, it's it's we have a, an illusion of what we think things will be, or we have a preconception, and it's not always realistic. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it comes from intention, man. If you if you if you want to be a greenskeeper and you love raking those leaves. If you love being in nature and you the love last thing this- I was thinking of the last thing I, I even, I, I, I didn't even think about that greenskeeper. I didn't even think about raking leaves. Oh, I was first down the job. I would have got there. They would have given me a rake and I would have been like, what, what the fuck's this for? <laughs> what? No, I, I wanted to drive one of those buggies that cunt was going up the hill with. <laughs> yeah. But first you got to rake right. all these leaves for like four years before you get to, you know, work up the we hierarchy. Can, we can be the buggy. Our mind's just convincing ourselves that whatever we do has to be better. So Whatever what everyone else is doing is much better than what we're doing. So pull pull the ripcord and fucking get out while you can. Yeah, we 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 digress from the whole conversation on on education and teaching and learning. I wanted to tell the story again about Mickey and um Jesus Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm interested to hear this story. Tell me it. You've heard the story before, but I'll tell it again. Um, Please for our listeners. We probably had a bit of fun last. Yeah, sorry. About three, three and a half listeners had um, <laughs> summertime in Australia. So this, the boys growing up gradually. So, you know, I'm not the typical dad where I um, uh, teach him about Santa Claus or give him, you know, I don't teach him like most people do. So it was a hot day either way. We went and bought a pool. We bought a slip and slide. We had it all going. And um Eventually, the neighbors' kids come over, and we're, we're playing, playing around, mucking around. Had the water pistols out, had water bombs, had the bubble bubbles were flying around. And all of a sudden, I walk out of the, the, the garage, and Maureen's like, "Did you hear that?" Like, all distressed, and I'm like, "Hear what?" And she's like, "Mickey just turned to the neighbor neighbors' kid. Mickey's four, the neighbors' kid's seven, and Mickey turned to the daughter and said that Jesus isn't real." And I'm like, "What?" And it's like. And then something happened again, and then you could hear a scream, and he is real. And I'm like, Mickey, I just, I just scream at him. I just, I just stop him, pull him up straight away. I'm like, Mickey, Jesus is real, Mickey. 
don't say that he is real because you know these two kids have been indoctrinated into thinking in that in that world so i had to sort of um play the devil's advocate and say you know jesus is real he's a good guy and all that kind of stuff and then resolve the situation and then um yeah had had to wait until the end of the day where i could um sort of have a real conversation with mickey about it and sort of explain to him that um although we don't believe in jesus other people do and i sort of had to go through the minutiae of of you know why you shouldn't people they're wrong or hmm this is kind of the groundwork for that conversation that i wanted to start before so and where did yeah. you get the idea from that jesus wasn't real i would have I would have, I would have, I would have straight up and said, Jesus isn't real. You know, <laughs> you know I, 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 I would have, oh, I think it would have probably would have come along. I would have wanted to teach him about the ancient Greek myths and the ancient Roman myths. And then I would have used them in example with Jesus. And I'd say that, you know, I, I wouldn't have been very thoughtful with when I said it, I wouldn't have said, um, you know, people believe jesus performed miracles people believe jesus walked on water people believe that he 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 brought people back to life i would have said jesus jesus isn't real um so that night i had to sort of say to him jesus is a good guy you know jesus taught all the things we believe you know look after each other be a good person look you know be good to your neighbors be, be charitable help people out turn turn the other cheek or whatever um he was a good guy but what, what i don't believe in what me and mommy don't believe in is that j there's a guy up there in the sky looking down upon us all the time um giving us what we want when we when we pray for it and that's what we don't believe and i and i said to him straight up i said mate if you want you can go next or you can go and believe in jesus if you want that's okay and he's like no 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 i don't want that i don't want that i'm like you can believe whatever you want but it's just something that we don't believe they do believe it and we don't, as long as you're not harming anyone, I don't care what you believe. It's okay. So. But do you the, feel. The other example. Yeah. Go the ahead. other example was, um, you know, you might go to school one day and um, a, a, a kid might say that they believe in fairies. And I said, don't tell them they're wrong. Just to say, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, do what you do. Come home that night and come back to me and say, Dad, some someone told me today that they believed in fairies, and you know we can have a good laugh about it. But we do it in our own time when it's just you and me, when it's when we're on the same level. If people have opinions about things like this, just let them believe it. Because sometimes it just helps them deal with things. It doesn't mean they're right or wrong. It's just what they do. As long as they don't hurt anyone, you know, you don't have to argue with them. Yeah. Okay. Um... But it's, is he able to do that in the moment to be able to, to kind of say something provided like a, an offhand remark or, or kind of defuse a situation like that? Or is, is he, you know, working from that concrete mindset where it's just something is, exists that doesn't exist? Yeah, I think he's pretty ignorant. He's, he's just, just turned four and I think he's pretty slow. I think he's, I don't know, he's probably like I was at his age, quite, quite ignorant. Everything's pretty black and white, I'd say, in his mind. Yeah. Well, mm. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like, what, what do, you, do you kind of teach him in a way that's kind of like, if you're saying that we don't believe it, so that means it doesn't exist, 
And if it doesn't exist, it means that other people are wrong. Or do you teach them in the sense of like, you know, we don't, we don't know, or we don't believe it because we don't know. It could be, and we are not right, and other people could be right. Mm, I think I'm, I, I do a bit of everything, but it's always a bit of, yeah, every, every day I'll teach it in a different way. So it's a bit convoluted, and it can be probably quite confusing yeah yeah everything you just said then i'll probably i will use every one of those techniques but at different times or maybe i will use them all at once so it's for for a four-year-old it's a lot to to handle you know (laughs) i agree with that so even 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 santa even santa claus man like i don't want to tell him that santa claus is real so we walk past santa claus like this is he's four now so we celebrated christmas for the first time because he knows about it before that we didn't do it, but um, we walked past Santa Claus. He's like, I want to get a photo with Santa Claus. I said, what? You want to get a photo with a fat old smelly man? And Wong is like, you should have seen the, the dirty look this old lady gave you. And I'm like, I can dress up like Santa Claus. The neighbor can dress up like Santa Claus. He's like, but I want it. I'm like, okay, if you want to go do it, there you go. Go do it. There you go. So it's almost... Mm. Uh, yeah it's 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 a yeah. kind of tough situation because i don't know like if if you tell him that santa claus isn't real and you say listen these are just basically lies that society is has been is going to indoctrinate you do you feel like he's going to come in in contact like what happened there in the slip and slide yeah that's that's obviously mm. an alteration that's a it's serious that's conflict right do you feel like you're kind of setting him up to engage in a bunch of conflicts with people that do, but like other children that believe that Santa Claus is real and he's going to maybe um, he's going to have an opposing ideology and that's going to cause him some grief. I think the worst thing will be is it's going to cause me grief when the parents bloody lynch mob me. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, I get my head around it. I was there I, last week talk, talking to someone about it. I'm just like, the bloody... Uh, no, the idea I had to explain to them. They believe that they put all, all the animals on, an, on a boat. And it's just like, how do I explain this to a four-year-old? And he was, he was well and truly ready to go for it. Yeah, oh, they could do that. Yeah, they just do this. I'll just do that. I'm like, okay, mate. Have you, have you, have you read anything about um, Piaget's... Um, Piaget's understanding of the psychology of how children develop um, their understanding of the world and, and cognitive uh, d- development and understanding of, of that psychology. Sorry. I've probably heard something, but nothing comes to mind. Okay. I'm not an expert on it, but the one thing I do remember is at that age, until about sixth grade, the kids have no, no, understanding of anything that's abstract. yeah around around that age yeah is that they, yeah. they don't understand what is abstract and they can't deal with um possibilities and hypotheticals they have a long you know they have a really hard time mm. with that they they're in the, the they call it the concrete phase where they process information in survival and their, ki- their kids have to know you know something is true or it's not in their reality and that's I'm it sma- i'm smashing i'm smashing mickey with this kind of crap though like with, I told you this, this, dark, this dinosaur thing. 
yeah, this this dinosaur thing last week. Um, and we went and saw these dinosaurs and they're walking around. And I said, Mickey, they're not real dinosaurs. They're people in so costumes. You realize that. And then I'm like, but it's still fun though. It's still fun. You know, we still got to enjoy it. Yeah, it's still fun. They're doing a really good job. They're doing it like it's real. And then there was another one where there was two of them together and they, they looked really convincing. And he goes, how come they're moving? How can that back one move? And how come the mouth is moving? I said, there's two people in there. And one guy has his hands at the front and he's using them to move the mouth and the eyes. And the other guy's at the back and he's doing this. And as I said to you, I, I, I don't think it ruined anything at the end of the day. And I think it's like us going to watch a movie. You know, we, we can lose ourselves to it and fear and freak out and fret for the people that are suffering. But at the end of the day, we don't, you know, walk away thinking we've just watched experienced history. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I guess what I'm saying is that kids need to know what's right and wrong or what their reality is. It's, it's based in survival, right? That water is good. Mm. That, that line is bad. That fire is mm. harmful. Um, you know, the abstract is a, is a lot more difficult for them to process. But I think really, if you're teaching kids that, you know, Santa Claus doesn't exist, Jesus, you believe that Jesus doesn't exist or it's a myth or you believe in religion, it's a myth, then you're just teaching him your version of the truth. And, you know, I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. I think the conflict comes from other people not being tolerant to be able to handle other versions of the truth, if that makes sense. Because it's not like, okay, we all know that fucking Santa Claus isn't real, right? But the problem comes when, well, the problem comes with not with that fact. Problem comes with that parents like to entertain their children with that illusion and nurture that innocence and that kind of like excitement and all that bullshit that comes with it. But when when it when a kid's told that it's not true, it threatens their sense of entertainment and joy, and that's what people are really uncomfortable with. It's like you know, they don't really care what you teach their kids, what you teach your kids. They care when their little bubble is being disturbed by something that your kid says that ruptures that reality. If that makes sense. So, as I as I, as I just said, you know, I think you can still teach like crap, but um teach it in a way that the kid understands that, that it is just a story oh yeah let's just go through the motions oh what did santa bring you this year <laughs> stupid prick yeah but he's probably but he's he's always gonna he's always he he's not gonna be able to understand like he doesn't have the the social skills and the cognitive ability to be able to to say well i don't believe in santa claus but it could be real i don't believe in jesus but he could be real you're entitled to your beliefs. I'm entitled to mine. Mm. And, you know, mm. we have a different ideology. Let's agree to disagree. He's going to say, Jesus isn't fucking real because my dad told me yeah. Jesus isn't real. Right. And yeah. that's, yeah. that's, you know, it's his right to do that and to say that, you know, um, um, I don't know. The only thing that my honest opinion, like besides the fact that people, my, my opinion, I feel like people get threatened by when their form of reality or their fun or their, illusions are threatened um that's that's an issue yeah but mm. if if you're teaching him how to be tolerant and you know respectful of other people it's mm. like we believe this mm. you know but let mm. people believe whatever they want you know it's then mm. you you know you can tell him whatever story that you want as, you, as long as you're teaching tolerance i think and teaching respect is that we believe this mm. 
you knew, I, you know, people in this country, there's lots of Christians and they believe this, you know, in the Middle East, lots of people believe that. Um, and I think that, mm. that that's really all you can do because if you're not one of these parents that want to teach kids fairy tales and tooth fairies and Santa Claus and religion, then really why the fuck should you have to? Happy for him to learn it, but learn it properly. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't lie to him about it. But the, the, only pro- the only reason why it's a problem at the moment is because of, 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 of the situation that we had last week. It's um, I've come to a, I've come to a, a split in the road where I have to reassess my, my, my technique, my, my teaching method, and uh, yeah, find what, a third path and, what and did teach you, him a different way. And what did you? What's what have you come to as a as an alternative so far? Like, what's your what's your options and possibilities? Just uh, fucking flood him, overwhelm him with information. <laughs> But how are you going to teach him? But you said the problem here was like the conflict, right? The problem was the conflict and the problem with that. You know, yeah. So how, how can you teach him to kind of manage that well, so he doesn't? As, as, I, as I said, um, as I said, if, you know, you bump into someone who's talking about things that we don't necessarily be- believe in at home, you know, let the person believe it, talk about it with them, you know, just like I do anyway, and then come home and then you and me, you know, because we're smarter than them we can we can sit around we can have a good old you know gut chuckle about it kind of thing so i'm kind of doing the wrong thing by you know adding that sort of arrogance level to it but um i don't know that that, that comes down to the vegetarianism as well it's sort of like i have to sort of explain to explain to him that people aren't bad because they eat animals they're just maybe not as clever or not as smart or something like that you know yeah i don't know to be honest if a four-year-old kid is, is going to be able to understand how to deal with those situations in that way in, in the sense of not not initiating conflict why. and just kind of be like dismissive and i i feel like a four-year-old kid's going to be kids always mm. tell you the truth man and especially around that age they're always going to say Black is black, red is red, and uh, I don't know if they're capable. Maybe um, you know, you, maybe I'm wrong. Me, you know, like, the, please tell me your anecdotal evidence and how you go with that. Um, and I think, like, to be honest, uh, and to be real with you, I think you know we we all indoctrinate our children with whatever ideology we want. You've just chosen your ideology that you're imprinting on him. Of course. Yeah, that's really the reality, right? But that's the whole whole concept, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like I said, it's just you know, if people want to eat meat, or you know, people do things that you don't agree with, I don't know. It's it's kind of the the only thing that I can think of is to teach tolerance and respect and understanding. I, I just feel like there's there's no other way around it because. A lot of people eat meat, like like you said, because it's just they're not aware of of the damage that they're doing to themselves or doing to other animals. They're not they're not aware of what they're doing to society. It's just it's it's just a lack of because I feel like if a lot of young people knew, they would stop eating meat because they wouldn't want to contribute to that. Um, but the the milk industry, for example, is a lot of manipulation um, of how milk is produced, and there's a lot of horrific things that happen. Um, to those animals to extract milk from them daily so it's you know it's it's just a sorry 
that be calcium from? That's, that's calcium. That's a calcium. You want good bones, you drink milk. That's not true. Mm, you can find calcium elsewhere. Right. He was Mickey was he drinks your cult, the Japanese um whatever the hell it is, some kind like of yogurt, bacteria. Right? Yeah. And he's like, Do you want your cult dad? I'm like, no, he's like, it hasn't got real milk in it. I'm like, yeah, it does. He's like, you know, it hasn't got real. I forgot how he was trying to get me to drink it somehow by, <laughs> you know, lying lying to me by saying it had soy milk or something like that. He doesn't quite get his head around the, the logic behind that part. But um, I was talking about vegetarianism last week with Mickey, and um, I think it was on the same vein as talking about people and their beliefs. And I said, you know, the, the neighbours, Kiri and Savannah, they're not vegetarian. They eat meat. And he's like, no, they don't. They don't eat meat. It's like it's like a real shock for him. It's like we've made it such a, such a um, negative thing to think about killing animals that, that he can't imagine anyone else would ever do it, you know? So I'm like, it's okay. They're allowed to do it. It's part of the society. It's just that they're not on our level yet kind of thing. I have to say things like they're not quite as smart as we are, you know. I wonder one day if if Mickey will turn around and 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 you know, like get to like thirteen and fourteen and just be angry at you and you, your wife and just go, I can't wait to eat a hamburger and just just become a complete carnivore as a way of rebelling against the parents. Mm, I doubt it. I doubt it because I'm not strict. If if he wanted to eat oh. meat, would you let him? Yeah. I wouldn't say no. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah. Well, yeah. why would I stop him? It's not against the law. That's true. But like, say you went to a party and there was like sausage rolls, good old Australian meat pies. And he was like, dad, I want a meat pie. What would you say? Say, you know, it's made from the, the muscle of an animal and you're, you're causing harm. And then let him eat it. Yeah, I can't stop him. Fair enough. I think that's good parenting. Um, why, why would I do that? Like you've mentioned before, how much time do you really have to be impactful with a child? You probably got them Mm. until they're about, they're about 11 years old, 12 years old. Mm. Once they get past, Mm. you know, that puberty hits in and they, you know, fuck you parents, whatever you, yeah, whatever you've done is what you've done. And it's, it's really, Mm. um, you know, you hope that they experience the world, but you hope that they come back, you know, they hope they come, you come, they come back to you. Um, But it's, it's kind of like whatever they, they have. But I believe that if you have a good bond with your kid and you've mm-hmm. stored them with good ethics, I believe that they take that with them as, as a base because they've developed an identity around that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. so what, then when they go and explore, they can go off the rails a little bit, but you always want them to go back to that core of, you know, their, their ethics and who they are and their, their love with their parents and that connection. And they want to feel that unconditional love but I think that's, if you can do that, I think you've done your job as a parent and then you let the kids, you know, you let your kids experience life within, within reason as, you know, as much as they want to go. And, but from that point onwards, man, it's, it can be a very precarious situation and they can get themselves into all sorts of danger. And like the shit that I did, man, as a kid, like when I was 18, when I was like 17, 18, 19, 20, Man, the amount of danger that I put myself in is just phenomenal. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just, it's just phenomenal. Mm. So, yeah, that's what teenagers do. We kind of test test the limits, and yeah, 
You fucking Kurt me and Kurt used to make bloody high explosives, you know, things that you know blow off your arms and things like that. End your life, end your life really quickly. Young boys love that though, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do that Soda all the time. Bombs and and yeah. you know, tra- oh. traps and you know running around in the yeah. in the jungle and Shooting. the bush and archery. Yeah, yeah. yeah we used to we used to have we, we we had this nice little gully down the back behind Jan's house, and it's like this nice V shaped kind of valley, and we would get rocks this rocks bigger than our hands, and we would have rock fights where we just just hurl these rocks at each other, you know, from like. 30 30 meter distances or whatever you know a, a good a good distance to if it hit you it'd, it'd take you out oh man we used to have rock fights as well I yeah, the, yeah i remember the moment that I, I got hit in the face with a rock i looked up and i could mm-hmm. sort of see it happening in slow motion and just smashed into my face here love that and my eye love socket that. luckily protected my eye um i didn't yeah. lose my eye i think it was you know, literally to eye socket Jeez. to fall right like a, this bridge yeah. here is to protect you know your brow yeah, the brow. Yeah, to protect mm. your eyes, right? You just, I remember that moment, like skateboard and motor, um, push bike accidents. Mm. I remember when I first got on a motorbike, I was at my cousin's house and we were never, we never went to my cousin's house like ever because our parents weren't close to them. And I got on a motorbike and with my cousin and she was a bit older than me and it was like a 50cc, I don't know what it was. It was a tiny little bike. I remember just grabbing it and I, I revved, I revved the shit out of it, put it on a maximum. And she was on the back and she was like screaming. And I was just like laughing like a maniac. And I was, in, uh, I was in, in like, just in euphoria. I was like, this is amazing. Mm. And um, yeah, I was never allowed to ride that ever again. You didn't crash. No, we didn't crash into something. I stopped the bike and the bike fell over. Didn't crash into anything. No, but she was like furious. Mm. I was injured. I was having a ball, you know, but teenage, that's what teenage boys do. Oh, dangerous, man. It's it's, it's in our, it's in our genetics. Mm. Genes. I, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty early on got over that that crap. So no longer, no longer have a desire to risk, to risk, to risk my life. I don't, I don't even get why you ride motorbikes and stuff like that. That shit's that shit scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, I ride motorbikes these days because it's transport. Um, mm. Really, that's the main reason. And if I had, if I lived in the right place, mm. I would definitely buy a motorbike for pleasure. And you know, there's something that's very liberating riding a motorcycle, like cruising. Mm. But it's not the, the. I don't ride motorbikes now for the the thrill of going fast. Um, you know, I would probably, I would still like to race motorbikes to a degree, but I don't, you know, the, 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 the adrenaline and, and the adventure is, is diminished by the, the fear of death. I'd prefer not to, to do that because it's just, I don't really want to get hurt now. You're losing a limb or man, yeah. I'm bad enough, you know, shoulder checking or, you know, looking left, looking right, looking at my shoulder to make sure that no one's in my, in my blind spot, but I always do it because I know that there may be someone a bike rider maybe someone and um i remember i had maureen's maureen's dad in the car and he was always mumbling at me whenever i would do it because i i do it very obviously i'm like maureen what the fuck's he what's he saying he's saying you he's saying you're a bad driver i'm like why am i a bad driver it's like because you have to always check over your shoulder whenever you whenever you merge lanes 
I'm like, I'm being a safe driver. I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> He's like, good drivers don't have to check, double check over their shoulders. I'm like, hey, fucking, how can you have that mindset that there's, there's a part of the world out there that think that you're a bad driver if you're not double checking? Yeah, because like, it's, if you don't insane. see that person, you hit them, it's kind of too late. Um, and the blind spot stuff That's is insane. real, man. Like, yeah, if you, I do it stuff, three times. Yeah, because three if, times if that there is that spot there of your car or in a, in a truck or whatever that you just, if you don't physically anyway. turn your head, there could be someone there and you're just not aware of them. I just had enough times when I first started driving without you where <sighs> there was just something which said, I couldn't be bothered checking. I just couldn't be bothered checking. So I'm not going to check. And then my mind said, nah, nah, just, just check, just check for the hell of it. And then every time I did that, I checked and there was a, there was a car, there was a, a, a car full of kids, like a, a whole family, you know, in, in a car. So I kind of taught myself, yeah, no matter how tired, how, how, how much you can't care less, just always double check, double check your blind spot. So yeah, it's not that hard to do. And it can definitely prevent an accident 100%. So I think that's a, mm. that's a smart thing to do. But I guess mm. to go, go back to our topic, it's kind of like, you know, teaching is you're teaching your children, you know, you're, you're teaching other people. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, one of the best ways to teach children and, and other people is, is to lead by example. And, you know, like your father-in-law that's in the car with you, it's kind of like, well, you know, we should lead by example. Like, um, and I think having that strong identity and having that strong ethical foundation is, is a good thing because it's, it sets the standard for other people to say, well, no, we shouldn't accept anything less than that. And I think that's important. I just kept on pushing the point. I, I would have over exaggerated more and I would have, uh, you know, cracked more jokes about it and, you know, I would have just rubbed it in more, you know, make, make him look like the idiot at the end of the day. You know, yeah, just, I, I think insane. Well, you know, like it's just you, you try to educate people with logic and reason. Um, you know, that's my first place to go to. And if it doesn't work, I just I just stop doing it. I just give up and I just go, well, a person's not interested in learning and that's fine. It's not my not my place to teach them, my place to teach them, um, you know, in the classroom. And then out of that, I'm not really. It's not my responsibility. They can figure it out on their own. The other day you said you wish that you could believe in a God. That, that, how does that work? Well, to be honest, I've, I don't know. The last, the last couple of years, I've felt like I, I want to believe in God. I felt like uh, a part of me is looking for it. I feel like it just would be some kind of reassurance in the complexity and, and, the, and the beauty of nature and the universe and this energy. Like, obviously, you know, I'm not talking about anything religious. It's just kind of like a yearning uh, for some kind of patriarch, well, not even patriarchal kind of like um, comfort of death. And, but, you know, and, and I've, I've felt like there's been situations where I felt like I've, I've kind of had messages, so to speak, but I just don't, I feel like it's just my brain making it up. <laughs> mm. So like, I, I have this drawing to it or attraction to it. Um, you know, like the, the protagonist in the life of Pi, you know, he's, he wants to experience different religions to know different versions of God. Uh, but I just find myself that I can't, I can't believe in it, but I deep down, I want to, it's really weird. Mm. 
I don't know how to explain. explain it. The 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 voice, uh, Jesus, uh, please, Jesus, um, if you give me this girl, this car, this whatever the hell, this job, I'll I'll pray to you every night for the rest of my life. Um, that's as far as I get. And then where's the, where's the justification for that? That's as far as I get. Yeah, like I'm not talking about that type of Jesus, of course. Like, you know, I'm talking about the. Like if I was going to argue that God existed, you know, it would be, it would be an energy source that's beyond our comprehension and that has mm. something to do with the complexity of the universe. And, and it's happening at like a, a massive level and a cellular level, so small and so intricate that I don't believe our human brains can, can comprehend mm. what is after death or what is the complexities of the universe. Right. But I, you know, th does that mean that we die and there's this whole other realm of energy and you're a part of that? Um, maybe, like, I don't believe that we're going to die and then our, our personality and our memories is, is big. I think, I believe they're going to be lost, right? But there might be an mm -hmm. essence in ourselves, that an essence that we can't describe that kind of goes somewhere else and it just transmutes and changes in some way and, and then maybe gets reborn in other ways and through the energy of the the trees and the wind and the, you know maybe that energy is somehow replanted and maybe we have these um you know like i've, I've felt sometimes that like some glimpses of you know being alive at different points and being a different entity of matter as weird as that sounds and like going through some kind of like circleized motions or something um but yeah like i just just like i just don't know so i i think at best i'm you know agnostic in the sense of the only way we're going to know is death right i think that's the only way that we're really going to know for certain is you die and then you know you just probably cease to exist um but i do feel like there is a possibility that there's there could be a realm a spirit realm, for example, that we just don't know about, or we just, we, we can't tap into and we can't prove exists, but it, maybe it does exist. And as, as I said, the other thing is like when I have sometimes like spiritual moments, like I'll think about something or feel something and I feel like the universe is communicating with me and giving me messages. But again, that also could be just be my brain um, putting things together so that you know, it's filling in the dots for me. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess I would like to, at this point I'm agnostic, but you know, all of the stupid stories from religion, man, they're just, you know, I, I can't buy into any of that. Like there's, I can't remember the word. Like it's the sort of God that I'm talking about or the energy I'm talking about is a God that doesn't, um, interact i can't remember what it's called it's like deism where the god doesn't interact or care what we do right it just does you know that there is no praying doesn't make a difference maybe there's a communication with with that energy source at some level but praying and receiving things is kind of is not really what it's about um you know it's it's not really about preventing things and people are right and wrong and you know, if there was a God, how would he allow my two-year-old son to die with, you know, cancer and all of that shit? Mm. I think all of that's just really stupid. Interventionist because, God. Mm. 
yeah do you know what the word is when you're talking about a god that um is is kind of is not not participating is just kind of observing um oh uh, yeah yeah deism so you're talking about the oh where all those guys went after uh, the, the beginning of the enlightenment when they still wanted to believe in god but they didn't have a name for it yeah deism you know deus means god in latin right yeah hmm. so that deism. that that type Theo, of theism deism, yeah yeah so you know it's just and uh, you know the only text that i've read that's kind of half convinced me is is the text conversations with god by neil donald walsh and understanding that god god is allowing us humans to be and experience whatever we want to be and we live with the natural outcomes of those situations and those the outcomes of those the pain and pleasure and the and the choices and the sacrifices and the pain and you know the wherever you're wherever you go ethically or spiritually or physically it, it, it all comes back to you right it's it's got really nothing to do with god but we allow you know, like the human condition is that we all are so different and we are, we express different things and you can, you can progress and grow and change and, and, or not, or however you want. We have this amazing, we are an amazing, like the way that I feel about it, we are an amazing creative machine and we can create any emotion and experience that we want within our internal world, internal and external world and external. So like being in our own matrix so yeah i think i'm done talking but that's how i'll explain it i want yeah, to create our own yeah. adventure yeah you know you know and i want to talk to someone that can i want to talk to someone and say you know i want to believe in god i don't know how show me how mm. And, mm. but that's where i'm at the moment but it's, it's like there's a couple of concepts there where you've got um uh what do you call it? The theodicy. Mm -hmm. you know, why does why does God let bad bad things happen? As you said, why why would God give a two year old child cancer? What the fuck? What's the point of that? Oh, it's in the it's in the bigger plan. What, what the fuck? What is is there a plan involved involving a two year old kid with cancer? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It's pointless. There's no concept. It's like. Um, I'm trying to find this particular, um, I forgot, there's a, a, an old ancient Greek, I think Carneades or something. Uh, the, the, um, it's called the Omnipotence Paradox. Uh, it's going to be hard to find. But it's like, you know, if God was all powerful, why does he stop, you know, bad things from happening, you know? Yeah, that's the theory. That's, that's what I'm talking mm. about. And it's it's a pretty weak theory. I, I think because that would mean that God would have to take sides. That would mean God would have to choose, you know, that would mean a whole bunch of whole bunch of rules would have to be set. Um, you know, it's, it's it just from a logical point of view, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if, if two people are fighting or if two different groups are fighting in a war against each other and, both both groups claim to have god on their side it's, it's kind of ludicrous right it's like why would god take a side why would god care um which side would be right 
you know, what would make one side accepted by God and the other rejected? It's just a whole heap of mm-hmm. bullshit, right? It's, it's you know, and, and it's kind of like, we're not controlled by God. We're controlled by our biology. We're controlled by the mm-hmm. natural um, the natural laws of, of science and nature. You know, like we, we're controlled by viruses and diseases and age and cells. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at my face, I'm seeing some gray hairs. I'm like, God didn't fucking put those there. My fucking mm-hmm. weaning testosterone and, you know, my age going around this sun again and again and again, gravity slowly bringing me back down to earth into, into the ground has done that to me. <laughs> you know, it's got nothing to do with God's will. Mm-hmm. I think it's just very immature concepts of what could be God. Right. But in the, in the context, mm-hmm. probably right. It's a problem where we feel like we have to control things and we want to make sure that we, we have a say or we play a part or we are in control of our own lives. But reality is, you know, we're all going to die. We're all going to suffer. It's all going to happen to us sooner or later. Bad people do sometimes benefit. Good people do sometimes suffer. It's just, just how things are. Natural, natural laws. It's, it's, not, it's um. If, if there was a just God out there, those things wouldn't happen. Well, yeah. And we, we also know that we also know that we're trying to understand the things that we can't really understand. And there's a sense of security, a beautiful sense of security that comes from thinking that, okay, if I die, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to be protected. I'm going to be loved. You know, and it's also obviously people trying to understand how to, understand the, the world and its complexities like oh why would this tsunami happen and kill the village right mm. oh that must be mm. god must be angry because we did this you know it's 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 trying to in a way it's it's even though it's applying the supernatural but it's it's in a way applying their version of the rational to under, understand something that can't be easily explained so mm. it's in some way it's kind of science i guess it's kind of like well Logically, you know, the village, you know, we shouldn't have stoned to death those albino twins. And now, you know, mm. now there's a plague on our houses, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's just maybe God's just not for everybody. You know, maybe God's just not for everybody. As I said, I, I feel like there's this, you know, the... Uh, the, the Calvinist concept, you know, you don't know who's going to heaven and me, me particularly, I just, I just haven't got a sense. I haven't got a feeling for it. So I'm not going to heaven. So I feel like I've been left out by God. So if, if there was a Christian God, I'm not going to heaven because I just can't believe it. It's just, just not part of my, um, my mindset. Yeah. And that's, like in a, in a way i guess that perpetuates that theory you know is that we're all predetermined and predestined to either be in, in god's embrace or not you know be saved or not but you know again a lot of these ideas look at where they came out like the 16th 17th 18th century um people trying yeah. to understand the world and I think after that, you know, there was a, a Christian movement. I think, what was it called? The, the, the second movement, I think. Um, I can't remember what it was called exactly. And it's, 
the church was really angry because some of people were starting to become aware or comfortable with this idea that you don't need to go to church to have a connection with God, a connection with God. Mm -hmm. It can be a personal, um, a personal um, okay. connection and communication. And the church really didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Cause they, they wanted people to go to the church and, and hear the franchise. Them. Yeah. They want to hear people preach and they want people to pay. James, so, James Mowen. Sorry. James Mowen. Like the franchise. Yeah. In your franchise. Right. And, right. And you think about it too. People believe in God and they find sanctuary in that and they find solace and they're doing it in their own homes. Like some people that are religious, a lot of people that are religious don't go to church then mm. you you lose a client, you know, you lose an, an mm. income. So, and you 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 don't have that, in you know that power. It's like, bro, I read something the other day. Like the Catholic Church, man, still one of the most powerful institutions. It was actually in that book you sent. One of um, sent me one of the most powerful institutions in the world, and they they dominate by ideology. Well, that's it. Well, that was another book, wasn't it? Yeah, I linked it into the to the chat so mm. um yeah i started like scanning over a historical and critical dictionary and then there was talking about that book's 400 years old man <laughs> yeah well it has it has some good points because it starts talking about the mm. catholic church and how they're able to rule by domination basically and through ideology they haven't got a military and they they oh. are mm. the first chapter is papel papal power yeah the, the power mm. which the pope has attained is more admirable than the vast monarchy of the age of ancient rome so that it may be said that this great city was to be in two different manners the spring of the most sublime quantities qualities that are a requisite for the foundation of a very great state yeah, amazing yeah as i said he's pretty much the, one of the one of the foundation one foundational beginnings of the enlightenment yeah it was the the, the wars of religion and um there's this like back back and forwards between the uh what are they called the huguenots the huguenots like almost calvinists and the and the catholics and they would just slaughter each other you know non-stop for no reason at all just because they had their own beliefs you know and he's, he's there just questioning it going you know you're following a religion which preaches peace, but you're murdering each other in the process. Yeah. yeah you're, not going to do, you're doing this right, so we're going to slaughter you for it. It doesn't make sense. Well, it's Muslims and the Hindus, right, in, in Pakistan and, and India. You know, even the different branches of Muslim, uh, Islam, mm -hmm. you know, like the mm -hmm. Sunnis and the Shiites. You know, it's it's human condition man we're we're kind of we are like as a species we are completely fucked up that would be the only we are completely fucked up until we develop some level of consciousness and awareness and sense of collective responsibility we're going to be continue mm. to keep fucking things up yeah. that, that, that whole mindset in general just to me explains is, is the whole is the whole answer why there is no god because of because of that, if if, if the, the, the fact of believing in God means that you're going to kill someone that's that closely related to you, it has, it has to be flawed, you know. 
I found that quote that I was talking about. It's by Epicurus. Is God willing to prevent evil, but not but not able to? Then he is not omnipotent. Is he able, but not willing? Then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then whence, whence cometh evil? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? you got to read it a few times. It's a bit... Yeah, it makes sense. It, it makes sense because in, in both of those directions that, you know, it would, it would turn God into a horrible character. Yeah, like it, it, that makes a lot of sense when you look at it from the traditional religious lens, right? Then why call him God? Well, then God wouldn't have to exist as an entity to, to, to interfere and to interact and to control, um, to save, to help, to take sides. All of that to me is just, it's just garbage. Um, you know, maybe God has another purpose, you know, that's just outside of that, that example. Right. But I think that the moment that I say I'm an atheist, complete atheist then what you do is that you destroy any possibility of of you being of being wrong right and maybe you could say i'm an atheist until i'm proven otherwise okay and i've heard people say yeah. that you know that i think even all the atheists would say that you know like i'm you show me the evidence and i'll look at it right um but the problem is with god the the argument against that is that you can't be shown God. It's something that you have to experience. And the only way to experience God is not through science and data and reason and the rational. It's through faith. Um, you know, yeah. so and the funny thing is back in the old days, it was, it was, it was okay for God to come down and uh, do a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight. Uh, what was it? it was um, the story of Moses goes to the Pharaoh and shows him a whole bunch of magic tricks, and then the the pharaoh had a had a magician with him, and the 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 pharaoh's magician copied the exact same magic tricks. He turned a stick into a snake. He did play. He did this. He did that. In those days, magic tricks happened all the time. They just don't happen anymore for some reason. Mm. I wonder why that is. They just don't happen. In the Old Testament too, was is written, obviously previously. Um, and I think people were more like more obviously now like miracles, people don't really believe in miracles, even if you're religious, mm. you know, people, I, I don't know, maybe if you're, if oh, you're miracles. religious, you do. Yeah. yeah. To, to a degree. Yeah. But you know, the supernatural, like the, the, the shift between modernism yeah. and postmodernism and, um, pre-modernism, you know, I think that was it, right. The pre-modernists and the modernists were there was a huge belief in, in the supernatural um, and faith, whereas modernists tend to move away from faith uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, they move towards um, reason and science, logic and evidence. That's kind of the difference. Like, like you were saying before, like the deism or whatever it is. Um, I think it was Jefferson wrote a whole new Testament where he excluded all of the superpowers, all the supernatural behaviors of Jesus he just wrote the story about Jesus without adding walking on water, without the resurrections, without you know demons and pigs and and ghosts and things like that. 
And then what happened? Oh, it was just a thing that people used to do in the old days. You know, they just wrote, wrote the religious texts without the supernatural element. People just, that was just how it was. Yeah. Okay. Don't think it, don't think it, don't think it um, clicked in, clicked on for too long. Day, I don't, I don't, days didn't really last very long. It sort of lasted the, the French Revolution and then the rom- romantic, what do you call it? romantic period kind of came back yeah, and people fell fell for fell for god again you know everyone went full dostoevsky <laughs> we need god to justify bloody ethics if, if it wasn't for god we'd go and murder everyone oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah right that's why society's lasted so long that's why that's why christianity is the only surviving religion yeah well again pretty weak arguments it is deism. Deism holds that God does not intervene with the functioning of the natural world in any way, allowing it to run accordingly to the laws of nature that he configured. Why is it he? That's annoying. When he created all yeah, things. It's a, mm. Like the pronoun he. It's like mm. th- there shouldn't even be a pronoun there. Um, God does not intervene. They, and why did, why did he create all of it? Why did and, you know, that? god uh god's always been like a a king like it's always like a we or a they or thou or it's it's always the formal if if god is talking he says we we have like the king would say right we allow you to talk now okay that makes sense but uh, i don't see the problem with the pronoun why can't they just say they they's not a hard pronoun to use yeah well, like they is collect, like they is multiple, right? Yeah. We don't even have a proper they, pronoun for you. Like yeah, but like, what or... would you instead of saying deism holds, holds that God does not interfere, interfere into the laws that He configured? What pronoun could you substitute? For they, this? they. You'd substitute they. Maybe be mass, be plural. Yeah, because it could be like those mm. energies. Okay, mm. I see what you mean. If. If, if I was religious, if I did it as I've told you a thousand times, it'd be Spinoza's pan- pantheism. The whole universe is, is God. Atoms, everything is collected together as one. It's a monad, you know. We are, we are, we are just one entity, one universe, and that is God, and we are part of it. So I'm an atheist, but if I was to go so far as to think in spiritual terms i'm part of an energy field and i don't know anything beyond that so what's it called spinoza's oh pantheism right i haven't read about spinoza's pantheism i've heard you mention it multiple times Mm. and that's really like it's it's the same thing that what i'm mentioning like it's kind of like everything is like every Mm. cell because like you know when you hear scientists talk about quarks and and this you know, um, mm. string theory and how crazy it gets under a microscope and finding the atom, for example, like being able to identify the atom in science and mm. because it was mm. much smaller than they could find. And even bacteria is like mm. just incredible, right? But mm. like, where does all that shit come from, right? How does it all programmed? And, you know, mm. how does it all have, everything has like this, it's, it's, it has this genetic code. Like it's pretty tripped mm. out when you think about it. Cells will behave the way they behave and no matter what you do and you can influence them like 
a baby is born, it's, it generates and, and behaves in a certain way. It's all biological from DNA programming. And that's insane. Mm. Like, mm. I'm not saying that it comes from God, but there is a level of complexity there that we don't understand mm. what mm. that is. Like, I can't tell you, right? Mm. But maybe it's just the magnificence of the universe and maybe that the universe is magnificent, but it doesn't mean that when we fucking die, we don't end up in a hole and that's it for us. It doesn't mean that our cells or our consciousness becomes anything else. You know, like life is life and death is death. You know, it doesn't mean for me, I think that it could mean we, that's, it, that's it for us. And then doesn't mean that we're going to go to a nice special place afterwards. Like this, those cells are alive and now your cells are dead. It's that simple. I don't know. A few things. There's a few things. It's um pretty 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 incredible that we can ponder these things in general. We can we can think on the complexities of nature of our own of our own position and situation in the universe as, as one. To to think about that is pretty incredible, you know, on its on its on its own, really. I agree. Um to, to to go that next level and expect to think that we should be able to understand it that's a bit pretentious yeah i agree and I, I, like the way that i process it is that there is a level of sophistication through nature like that it's just i think it's beyond us the majority of it is beyond us i think we're going to get when you get further glimpses into it um, but I think it's also cool that there is a possibility that anything is possible. Like there is a possibility mm. that there's fucking aliens and, and we are mm. you know, not the only species. And then there is a possibility that we, our energy could, tr- could go into another dimension and we could fucking a version mm. of ourselves could wake up and we're, you know, some kind of slimy creature or, or some crazy ass stick figure or, you know, who, or we're embedded into a, you know, a lizard's tongue or something. And, it's it's there is this 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 kind of um excitement or intrigue or curiosity that it could be anything you know but it, but at the same time it could be nothing and like you've always said man i think the danger is 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 thinking that we you have the answers the danger is that when you think that you're right and you know like maybe jesus maybe jesus was a fucking miracle worker i don't know maybe jesus was the savior and maybe Jesus did produce miracles like uh, anything's possible. Like really? Well, to a degree, I don't know if that's possible. Jesus doing miracles. Is it? Maybe he was an alien. I think so. Maybe Jesus was an alien, man. Maybe think about that. Maybe yeah. Jesus was from another planet and he could do miracles because he was, had some alien shit going on. And everyone was like, damn, smack, smack, smack the room. And, you know, it's the reason why we can't do miracles is because we're from, not from that planet. I don't know. It sort of throws me off, like, you know, the whole, uh, it's so hard to sort of argue with these people, sort of like, you say that you can't believe in God. It's like, if I was to take a timeline and, 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 and write out the whole, you know, how Christianity's kind of panned out over the past 2,000 years to become what it's become, um, you know, to me, self-evidently, that explains itself all way. It explains that it's just politics and human nature just corrupted. Um, 
trying to trying to try to rule and divide and rule. But then you talk to other people who are Christians and they'll say, well, that was God's God's plan in the first place. He, he, he planned it to happen that way. Jesus yeah. was born there so that it would all work out so that it, is, it will be the way it is now. That shit's called mm, cognitive dissonance where it doesn't matter what fair, you tell people. They just, yeah. It, it doesn't matter what you tell people. They'll just, they'll just reword it or, or reconfigure it or twist it. To, to, that's a fair argument though really you know that's never 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 a way to explain it then you know well that's why it happened the way it did you know how else was it was it supposed to fucking happen i suppose so yeah i guess so like you yeah, but then it kind of implies that there's a plan and and that it's supposed to happen like i don't think anything's supposed to happen it could i guess but maybe maybe you want to like, believe in a god then you you think this is supposed to happen? Well, I think the, as far as supposed to happen, as far as that goes to go, like maybe supposed to happen is life is created. That's supposed to happen. And we get to a level of consciousness where we can um, experience things. And that's as far as anything's supposed to have happened. And after that, it's our human experience that we've manipulated, right? If you're at a point where you believe in the soul, you believe in experience and you believe in being conscious of, of thoughts and decisions and, and choices and, you know, being a creative machine from that point onwards, like you don't need anything else. I think you don't need to have any other thing that's meant to happen. Like anything that happens after that, isn't that, that would be, seems to me like that would be human configuration. That would be human construction, but I don't know, maybe in their world and maybe it makes sense is that, that's part of the process to get them to be a christian or a muslim or a hindu you know like religion is really based on geography um you're whatever religion that you're told to be you know like i said to my wife baptizing my daughter i'm like why are you doing that like she doesn't even get a choice she's being indoctrinated <laughs> you know like and she doesn't even get a choice you're forcing her to be something that you know you know like she doesn't even get to ask you don't you don't you don't going to ask for her permission before you indoctrinate her and baptize her like to me that's that's fucking wrong you can't ask you can't ask there well i think that's wrong i think it's completely wrong you've taken away the choice and you're saying that you are a catholic because you are being born into a catholic so being born as as a catholic or becoming catholic has got nothing to do with that particular religion it's got everything to do in the in the in the geographical location of where you've entered this earth Mm. Right. If she was born I in India, she wouldn't be a Catholic. I don't. I don't agree with it, but um, I don't really think you're hurting her. So I think she might be enjoying the the swim, whatever the <laughs> hell she's doing. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. You know? yeah. If it's cause it's causing her harm, in the future she'll probably end up falling for the crap anyway. So she might be grateful that you let her get the baptism done or whatever. I don't know. That's true. Like it's not hurting her. And it's, it's definitely, um, it's not really, it's not, there's no negatives at this stage, but I, I mm. feel like you're the, 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 the damage it's, you are indoctrinating someone into an ideology without mm. them being aware of what that really means. You know, she doesn't, you know, it's basically your identity is being chosen for you. You are now mm. a Catholic 
we have already done mm. this for you. Like, yeah. you know, really it would be fair. That would not be, that's not fair. Like the fair thing to do would be like, she has, she's like at least, I don't know, 10 years old and be like, you know, there's this religion, there's this religion, this religion, which one do you want to be a part mm. of? Right. And then you'd mm. you educate them about each religion and they choose. It's not like mm. you are choosing their identity for them. Like, is your kid baptized? No. I'm a nihilist. I don't believe in anything. But does your wife, has your wife said that, you know, your son should be any particular religion? No. Right. Okay. No. But if she, if she wanted to do that, would you, would you have been um, all for it and be totally cool with it? Yeah. I wouldn't care. Wouldn't, wouldn't cause a problem. Yeah. I, I married her. I don't believe in marriage. That's, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, believe in any of it. I don't believe in marriage either. Marriage is just a, another shitty social conditioning. Like it's just, it's just a bit of bullshit, um, you know, to, to control behavior. I don't know, man. I don't like, that's the part that doesn't sit well with me is that you are forcing them to adopt a part of their identity that they didn't choose. And that's fucking mm. wrong in my opinion social conventions making them part of the part of the whole the clan the community the uh the them the the us instead of the them yeah a hundred percent it's fucking wrong but i don't know but the the <laughs> argument against that is that the argument against it is that she's part of she gets to be part of that religion uh she gets to be part of that community the country is already that anyway um there are lots of benefits that come with being a part of the church uh we wanted to be good society yeah we wanted to adopt the ethical values of the religion like i get it Mm. it does make Mm. sense um but i just think these days like i was surprised my wife was like you know my wife's a fucking she got a master's degree in neuroscience man she's a she's a scientist she's a psychologist you know she studies Mm. the brain and chemicals and understands human behavior and she's like yeah i want to get i want to baptize my kid what like really you believe in that you know like you know and like i didn't really get a say about it and like i was like do i get a say in this and she was like not really and i was like grandma was all fanatical you're like do whatever the fuck you want to do i don't give a shit like Mm. like i do if that makes you happy no i didn't say that i said i said to her listen if that's important to you it's not ex- exactly. I don't see the harm in it. Yeah. Then, then do it. If you think. But just because you don't see the harm in it, or there isn't any direct harm, I believe that there is some kind of like at a, a deeper level, there is this pernicious damage that's sort of, you know, hacking away. Like, you know, what, what happens when she's 15? She's like, I don't know if I want to be a Catholic. I want to be in a, you know, a Muslim. And then she's going to have all this guilt, right? Or, you know, like, unless you teach your kids how to break away from the, the mold and the conditioning, then fuck, man, they're going to just, they're going to be left with a whole bunch of guilt and uh, internal conflict trying to move through that garbage. That's totally not necessary. However, you could argue that by not giving them a religion, then they'll be, have their own internal conflict because they have no sense of belonging and no religious affiliation to have any identity with and any sense of belonging so people are fucked you up. find some other other atheists and, and join a group with them 
It's going to be pretty hard to do that in Colombia. It does exist, but ain't easy. It does exist. It does exist. I don't know. I've, I've met atheists in Colombia, yeah. Mm. I've, met, I've met atheists in Colombia. You have? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do exist. Yeah, they definitely do exist. A lot of people, mm. there's a lot of critical thinkers in the city, in the capital city, and people are, mm. a lot of people are educated here. Well, you know, to a degree, there's, there's, there's people that are educated here and people that are very critical, like, you know, that's totally understandable. Um, how are you feeling, man? Yeah, pretty, just pretty tired. That's yeah. from work yesterday though, so yeah. Yeah, okay. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, I think Mickey in the background is going a bit too crazy. I think I should probably go and help Maureen deal with him. So, if you want to put yeah. a time cap on this stuff at any time.